like to welcome you to St. Louis In Tune. I'm your host, Arnold Stricker. We're talking to a legend in St. Louis, a St. Louis native. She is a vocalist, and she's also, I didn't know, she's an actress. She has performed at the Black Rep here in St. Louis, but she's an award-winning vocalist. And Denise Times, welcome to St. Louis In Tune. Thank you so much, Arnold, for having me. Thank you. Now, we are doing this interview because you're going to be a judge on the 10th St. Louis Teen Talent Competition Finals, which are going to air on 9 PBS on August the 10th, 2020. And I had some questions about the judging experience, but I wanted to get a little background on you. And when did you (laughs) first become uh, interested in being a vocalist? (laughs) Well, my mother discovered that I had a voice when I was about eight years old. And my second grade teacher also discovered the same thing. And then church pretty much um, enhanced things from there. And then, of course, college and uh, doing theater while I was uh, at Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. And then after you know college, I stayed in Atlanta and I worked with Jamondi Theater Company and Just Us Theater Companies. And um, got to St. Louis, started working with the St. Louis Black Repertory, and then, um, or, uh, and then had a chance to also work with the Repertory Theater um, uh, in a production called Crowns, and the rest is history. And that was, do you prefer being an actress more than a vocalist, or is it kind of, you know, either way, you, you like, like either one? You have a uh, preference. I, I love both of them. I love both of them. I, the only thing is I wish I had the opportunity to act more because my singing schedule keeps me so busy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're when you're doing a play, you know, you've got to commit yourself, you know, you know, on an average about six weeks between rehearsal and performance and sometimes longer in terms of plays and so it doesn't allow you to you know to do your gigs you know whereas when you do your gig it's one night or two nights it's over with and that's it but not the same of course with theater so I love them both and you know kind of wish I had the opportunity more to to act but I I I think it balances out very well now now how do you keep your instrument in in good order I was reading uh, about you and prep for the interview here that you wanted to be a, a gospel singer, but you knew that, wow, some gospel singers, they kind of blow out their vocal cords and, and get nodes. And, and, and if you sing a lot or if you sing without warming up, that may happen anyway. So describe that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was one of those, um, I guess, lazy um, um, students. Uh, didn't believe in, you know, warming up before I sang, you know, warm up for what my voice is there. It's great. It's good. You know, I'm all right. You know, but then when you do a lot of singing, you know, when you're in plays and, and things like that for an extended length of time, it is most important that not only you warm up, you know, your vocal cords, but you warm up your body, you stretch, you do all the things that you do. And then this helps to warm up the vocal cords, believe it or not. And then, of course, uh, in most professional theater, you know, the musical director is going to warm up the cast, you know, anyway. So there's no way around that unless you just don't come out there on stage doing the vocal warm ups. But it is very important. Uh, I've learned the hard way 
uh, but many years ago learned the hard way that, you know, it's important because you do develop uh, vocal nodules when you're, you know, singing a lot, talking a lot, not lubricating the vocal cords, you know, not giving yourself, uh, you know, voice rest and those sort of things that most uh, vocal coaches, most um, ENT doctors will you know, suggest that uh, a vocalist should do. Now, you've performed with a lot of notable artists, Wynton Marcellus. You know, you've performed with Clark Terry. Yeah. You've performed with David Sanborn. You, yeah. You've performed for the Queen of Thailand and Queen Elizabeth, uh, President George W. Bush, and the Queen of Seoul. And the queen of soul. So I've got I've got two <laughs> questions for you related to that. Is there a favorite artist that you've performed with, and is there a famous person that you've performed for? For, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, definitely performing with Clark Terry um, has been, uh, you know, one of you know one of you know the many rewarding experiences to work with an artist. And I would say the other artist would be uh, a young man who's a renowned jazz pianist, Cyrus Chestnut. Um, Those two people bring out the best in me musically. And it was just an honor to have, you know, Clark Terry to perform at my Mother's Day concert several years ago. And, and, you know, just, I just, the whole time I was on stage, I just couldn't believe that I was on stage with Clark Terry. You know, so such a wonderful man. And, you know, and I just pray that, you know, St. Louis would do something so that his spirit, you know, and his love of music uh, will live on because he definitely has some strong St. Louis ties. I think in terms of performing for, um, of course, you know, performing for all of, you know, the queens and the dignitaries you know, that God has allowed me to perform for, I, I feel very equal, you know, in, in, in performing for all of them. Um, and, and I feel just as equal, um, you know, if I'm performing for the governors of, of Missouri and, and, you know, our dignitaries right here, you know, in St. Louis that, you know, I, I'm honored uh, each time, you know, uh, I was uh, selected to, you know, to sing for uh, the new mayor of of Ferguson, um, Mayor Joyce. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, I mean, those are honors that, you know, I feel right up there with being hand selected by Queen Elizabeth or or Queen of Soul Aretha Franklin. You know, I'm just equally honored to sing for those who I sing for. So you're you're very humble in that answer. (laughs) <laughs> You're very humble in that answer. Well, thank you. <laughs> now, what was it about Clark Terry that brought out the best in you? What is it? Was it the interaction talking with him before? Is it the musical it, back and forth during the performance? What What is? You that? know, it, it was all that. It was just right down to meeting him. He and his wife. I met them on a jazz cruise. Uh, that's. Um, that is produced uh, out of St. Louis, and um, and I I had a chance to sing uh, with at that time uh, the wonderful bassist Keeter Betts, and um, 
you know, Keter was showcasing me uh, on the cruise, which was such, you know, an honor and a wonderful experience to do. And and Clark and his wife, you know, they were like, who are you and why haven't we heard of you? <laughs> and um, and so Clark invited me to um, the incredible Flushing Town Hall in um, in Flushing, New York, uh, and to perform with the NEA Jazz Masters which at that time was Dr. Billy Taylor and Jimmy and Tootie Heath, you know, and um, uh, to name a few. Um, uh, and and so, um, you know, it was from there. And then I got a chance to tour with, um, with Clark in Switzerland. And um, I can't remember some of the other places that we went. And then uh, we, we uh, culminated the tour at the uh, Blue Note in New York with James Moody, wow. uh, um, also on the bill. And, you know, when I saw, you know, uh, James Moody, Clark Terry featuring Denise Tynes, <laughs> I was like, wow, wow, really? You know, and so, I mean, Mr. Terry just, and he and his wife just really embraced me. And, you know, I, I say this, you know, with a whole lot of love and, and it's just that, you know, had I met him earlier, you know, my career probably would have been where Diane Reeves or somebody is right now. But I'm very happy, you know, with the things that I've experienced. Don't get me wrong. But I think that he would have definitely have put me on the map. I met him in the winter of his career and in the winter of his life, you know. And so but but the the short time that I was able to work with him and do things with him, I really um, treasure you know, those, those moments, uh, with him. Now you have utilized your vocal talent and have done it to benefit a foundation that I believe you established for your mm -hmm. mom who yeah. suffered from pancreatic cancer. Talk to us a little bit about, about that and what that experience was like, um, when you found out that she had that and then how you move that into having a, an annual concert at Mother's Day to mm -hmm. benefit a, a foundation that you have set up mm -hmm. for. Thank you so much for asking that question. Um, I don't get a chance to talk about the foundation uh, a lot in my interviews because people are asking me questions about me. So thank you so much for that. Um, I started the Mildred Times Foundation. It was actually... Uh, um, Johnny Fur Jr., who was at the time was the vice president of community affairs at Anheuser-Busch, he um, helped me a great deal to get the foundation uh, up on its feet, so to speak. And uh, Johnny thought that the fact that, you know, I was doing a Mother's Day concert, because at the time that I started the Mother's Day concert, Arnold, there was nothing going on in St. Louis for Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You took your mom out to dinner, and that was pretty much it. And right. so, you know, in the African-American community, you went to church, you went to dinner, and then you went home. And personally, I just didn't think that that was enough. And by the time you waited in all those lines and waited for your food and got back home, you know, and two hours later, you were hungry again. <laughs> And so uh, I just thought there should be something more exciting, you know, for Mother's Day. And, and so, unfortunately, when my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 1997, 
I was I had uh, I had three weeks to finish up in Singapore. I was doing uh, the infamous Harry's Bar in Singapore, and um, and my mom, you know, told me that you know she had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and I had never heard of it, and was trying to find out more about it, and no one could tell me anything about it. And during the whole time that my mother was being treated, I had no idea that this was a cancer that pretty much was pretty fatal. Mm -hmm. And it was really kind of a cancer at that time, a cancer of no return. And so um, I continued, you know, my quest, you know, in trying to find out more information about it. And no one knew anything about it. No one knew what the signs or the symptoms were. It was just an ambi- you know, ambiguous cancer. And so I continue to uh, find out more about it, to create more awareness about it so that people, you know, will know. And to this day, uh, had we had the Mother's Day concert this year, it would have been our 24th anniversary of the Mother's Day concert. Wow. And, um, and we're so blessed to partner uh, with Seidman Cancer Center, and we've been blessed uh, at, at, with the liaison, she's no longer there now, uh, with Muriel Carp, and then our wonderful doctor friend, uh, Dr. Lannis Hall, who um, comes, you know, and speaks to our audience, you know, every year uh, on pancreatic cancer, the research, and um, some of the things that are that are happening, you know, um, uh, with pancreatic cancer. And so there are some wonderful things that you know, are happening, people are living with pancreatic cancer. It's not so much this cancer of doom as it was, you know, some years back in, you know, when my mother was diagnosed with it. We have adopted a family, Arnold, um, a young lady. uh, She's a single mother of twin girls who are just simply fantastic. They're uh, going off to college this year. And uh, we are supporting this family in a more tangible way with our uh, individual contributions that we receive from our concerts, because uh, this is a young lady that was 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 an administrator at the hospital uh, at a hospital in her hometown. Uh, She uh, went from, you know, full time to part time, part time to uh, to nothing. And um, because she lives in a small town, um, she has to go to a major city to get her treatment, which is a two hour drive. So she had to pretty much release her living quarters where she was uh, in her hometown to, you know, find an apartment um, in Birmingham, Alabama, to continue her treatment. Well, in the process of that, you still got to eat. You still you know, have bills to pay, you have gas, you're, you know, your children still have needs. They, they were graduating out of high school. And between my board and the wonderful people who support the Military Times Foundation, we were able to gift this family with a combination of just everyday living essentials, um, gifts for the young ladies for graduation and essentials that they needed and, um, uh, and essentials, you know, for the mom. Uh, to the tune of about uh, $9,000. And so we uh, are very happy to be able to do that because that's what it's all about. You know, it's not so much, you don't have to have a million dollars to make a difference Mm -hmm. in someone's life, you know, and that's where we are, even though we would love the million dollars, 
but uh, we we do uh, what we can do with what we have. So, what what a blessing that was to them. Absolutely, absolutely, and so we are still. We decided to take this family on for another year. Uh, the young lady still is in second stage of you know pancreatic cancer. And so we hope to try to see her through until the doctors give her a, a a clean, you know, slate. So well, kudos to you for doing that particular foundation and for assisting many, many people uh, with information and with assistance and and helping to find uh, a cure for uh, pancreatic you. cancer. That's that's Thank outstanding you. what you're doing there. Not Thank to slight you. your father. Wanted to mention, <laughs> would you mention a little bit, because some people in St. Louis may not be aware of him, but mm-hmm, right. I know some people do know. Mm-hmm. So you come from a musical is, family. I come from uh, a, a musical family. <laughs> well, our family of music, you know. There you go. But my dad, you know, my dad, who was radio legend Lou Father Times, who exposed me, you know, to all source of music at, at a young age in life and um, who I uh, definitely um, you know say that I, I wouldn't be the well-rounded singer you know that people have described me to be if it wasn't you know for my dad exposing me and being able to hear such wonderful music at a young age you know when I was you know 10 years old I knew about Aretha Franklin I knew about Sarah Vaughn you know, I knew about Esther Phillips. I knew about Peggy Lee. You know, I knew about Doris Day. You know, I knew about <laughs> all these women, you know, uh, at a very young young age. So, you know, I definitely attribute uh, that to my dad. I want to shift gears a little bit here and go to the 2020 St. Louis Teen Talent Competition. And what mm-hmm. excites you about being a judge for this? I tell you what excites me. It's a, it's it's kind of crazy, but when I was a teenager, and I've actually said this to Mary Strauss and to her assistant Pat, I didn't have that opportunity, Arnold. Can you imagine? Or 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 this is what I do. I imagine what the world would have been like for me. Had I had the teen talent competition in my world, things like American Idol in my world, it's like kids now today can walk into their success. (laughs) Right. We, you know, we've worked for our success. Kids today can walk into a butt. There's still a price to pay, even if you get it easy, because you got to keep it. And that's, you know, the thing that if 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 I can share my wisdom, my knowledge, my experiences, you know, my love for the music and the information that wonderful, wonderful people like we've talked about with Clark Terry and David Sanborn, who, you know, you never get to a point where you've arrived in this business, the day you've done that, you're in trouble. But you have to always remain teachable and open. And so for me to be able to share that with these young people, 
you know, because I think the teaching methods have changed. Uh, sometimes I listen to the singers and the most important thing, you know, in singing and acting is bringing the words to life. Mm-hmm. And we it's, it's sort of a no brainer that an actor has to bring those words to life. But sometimes our young singers don't think about that. They think it's more about the melody of what they're singing. And as long as I've got the notes right, I'm like, nope, that's not it. Or should I say, that's not totally it. So if you're looking at your words, the first thing you want to do is to commit yourself to the words. Because you're going to, you know, you know the melody. But if you're not telling the story in the music, uh, in, in the words of that music, then you are not giving the song the justice it deserves. And that, in a sense, is not what's being taught enough, should I say, to our up and coming artists. I think with the teen talent competition, these kids get the real deal all the way across the board because the judges are uh, incredible. When you have people like Ken Page and um, I don't want to get this gentleman's name wrong, Teeter, Lair, Lair, Teeter. You know, when you have people like that, um, you know, uh, um, Lee Nolting from from uh, from uh, Coca. Can you have people like that giving you advice, free advice, and, you know, pouring out everything that they know to you so that you can become a better artist? That's priceless. It is. You know, and we didn't have those sort of uh, tools, you know, in my generation. We didn't have that. And so it's just an honor. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege for me. It's it's an opportunity. I get just as much out of it as they do, you know. And and the and the kids are just fantastic. You get to hear and see some unbelievable performances, and we're we're talking about uh, singing or acting or dancing, uh, even comedians, magicians, specialty kind of acts. And I know that you will be. The criteria you'll be judging on uh, for this competition is technical ability and interpretation, mm-hmm. stage presence, personality, confidence, and originality. Mm-hmm. And many times those are they're really difficult because you you have a kind of an understanding. I don't know know that it would be difficult for you because you have such a wide variety in, in theater and in singing, and you mm-hmm. know where where things should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciated your comment about you know individuals making a song their own especially mm-hmm. the words you hear that on some mm-hmm. of these shows make it your own uh, mm-hmm. know, know it in your soul sing it from your soul right are are these uh, judging kind of competitions have you have you done these things before um or is it this is probably not the first one no i think i think this was my fourth year okay as a combination of a finalist judge and a semi-finalist judge and I tell you what's happening. Kids are coming to these auditions knowing they've got to bring it. The, 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 the competition 
uh, and not that they set out, you know, to intimidate or make kids feel, you know, inadequate. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that the competition has built such a wonderful reputation that kids want to bring it when they come. And they know to a certain extent they have to bring it. Right. Because for one, their peers are bringing it. For two, the competition itself sets a, you know, a standard that is so wonderful. And it's where young people should understand this is when you go to New York, when you go to Chicago, or if you're in St. Louis or wherever you are, when you're auditioning, whenever this is the standard, this is where it should be. And they leave that whole process, Arnold, in knowing that they can go and audition anywhere. And I tell you what I really love. I love when we get, you know, the kids that have, we've watched them grow, that they maybe came to us ever since they were freshmen in Mm -hmm. high school. And then we see them in their sophomore year. We see them in their junior year. And then we see them at their senior year. And they've grown from the information that they received. They've grown from the workshops that they've had. They've grown from the information, you know, all of that they've grown and you see them grow into this, you know, a consummate artist, you know, you know, to, to some degree. And it's like, wow, this is what this is all about. I tell you, there are some times when I sit there and me and some of the other judges, we actually have tears in our eyes because we cannot believe that this kid is up there sounding this great at this level in their craft so it's an amazing experience and i'm glad to hear that you are touched by the progress that some of these kids have accomplished over the course of some time that they've listened to the instruction that they've listened to some of the feedback and have sharpened their craft and their skills to become even better because uh, like mm-hmm. you said you need to bring it everybody else is bringing it and <laughs> yeah. that's that's the way it, it is in that business you may and be believe, the big yeah. fish in your small pond but there's a right. lot of fish in the pond when the pond's a lot that's bigger right and arnold i'm telling you those kids bring it they bring it they are awesome you know and i'm like whoo you know when I, I remember the first time i did a uh, i was a finalist judge and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. It's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> All the talent is wonderful. You know, give me the semifinals again, you know. But I tell you, being that finalist judge, it's very hard, you know, because all of the kids are great. When you're having to decide, I'm, I'm looking at the, the number of finalists, it looks like about uh, 12 or 14 that you have to decide. Mm-hmm. And there, mm-hmm. there's some mm-hmm. dance, uh, several dancers, vocalists, mm-hmm. a band, mm-hmm. and a circus contortion aerialist, a circus juggler. Yep. And it's uh, just a wide variety of, uh, of talent. Absolutely. But let me just say this. St. Louis, Arnold... And I say this with a lot of love and respect. When St. Louis realized that we have so much great talent here, and when there's an industry here, 
to hone that talent, to develop that talent, what a great day that will be. Because we shouldn't have to go anywhere to be recognized or to be validated. Because we have everything we need here. I swear to you, I can go some places and I'll hear some people and I say, hmm, they don't have nothing on so-and-so and so-and-so. They ain't got nothing on Charlie Glenn. They ain't got nothing on Adrian Felton King. They ain't got nothing on Denise Times. They ain't got nothing. On, you know, I'm telling you, we have such incredible talent here. And why there hasn't been an industry created here to keep that talent here, to make that talent, you know, whatever it is. We can have a Motown right here if we wanted to. There you go. The talent is here. Incredible talent. So Denise has been talking about the 10th St. Louis Teen Talent Competition Finals, which are going to take place on Monday, August the 10th, 2020 at 8 p.m. You can see that on 9 PBS. And the competition has many, many finalists. As I mentioned, there's going to be an after party with MC Ben Nordstrom. And the winner from last year, you may recognize this name, folks, Joanna Serenko, who was actually on The Voice and made it very far in The, in the Voice competition. Mm-hmm. Denise, any last comments, closing comments you might have? I want to say to my young artists and to the parents of young artists that may be listening, Teach your kids not to compare themselves to anyone. They are who they are and they are where they're supposed to be. I want to commend those parents out there that are investing and 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 committing themselves to the success uh, of their kids in the arts because it takes just as much studying and time and work and efforts and energy and being an artist as it does in being a doctor. And I thank them for that, and God bless them. Well said. Denise Times, thank you for talking with us on St. Louis in Tune. We greatly appreciate your time today. Thank you, Arnold.